0: Now, welcome to another inspiring edition of Sound Insight with Dr. Tom Curran. Good morning, welcome to Sound Insight. This is Dr. Tom Curran and I am excited. I've got a gift for you. I am gonna share with you an important way to get more out of the rosary and to help your children, your loved ones to pray the rosary more fruitfully. I'm doing so as a sort of an anticipated gift for the season of Advent. And so today at Sound Insight, I'm going to share a way of praying the rosary that will help you go deeper into the fruitfulness that God intends for you through this gift. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Curran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in Good morning, and we are going to get started with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord our God, we love you, thank you, and praise you for the gift of faith, for the gift of our family. We ask, Lord Jesus, that you would give us a deeper love of the rosary and more fruitfulness when we pray the rosary. Lord, help us to do that today well. And we make our prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. So, this is a Faith and Family Friday. We are approaching Advent, and I'm going to share with you a, some, some guidance, uh, more than just tips, actually some guidance that is drawn from our Catholic faith, our tradition, our, our tradition of prayer, and it's associated with the rosary, how to pray the rosary in a way that it'll bear more fruit. So one of the things that we have done as a family, the current family, with our nine kids, if you ask them, hey, during our family prayer, what would be the most prominent, dominant, regular prayer that we prayed as a family growing up? So I now have six kids that are off in college uh, or beyond. And um, if I said to them, hey, look, you know, what would be that prayer? They'd say the rosary. And yet, if I said to them, hey, would you consider the praying of the rosary when we prayed it to be something that was always fruitful? It was something that you found life in. And they'd say no. (laughs) No, they would not. In fact, uh, Carrie, this is one of those things where she would say to me, Tom, what are we doing right? Uh, and, and this is like, she's, she's a questioner in, in the best sense. Like, what are we doing? We're just saying these words. We're just going through the motion of praying the five mysteries of the rosary for that day. And yeah, okay, we're checking the box. We, we got it in our family rosary. The family that stays together prays together. Come on now. Uh, the promises of the Blessed Mother of Fatima, pray a rosary every day, pray the rosary as a family every day, and, and there are promises associated with that, and and there's a way in which it seems almost like, okay, I'm going to use this word distinctly, I'm going to use it sociologically, okay? It can seem like magic, like, okay, you've got the secret formula, and you, you've got the special uh, the special words that when you say these words, you have a guaranteed outcome that's generated on the other side, right? So that's that's a sociological way of identifying what magic is, is that you know the special formula that guarantees or causes a certain outcome. And there's a way in which, well, there are Catholics who... Um, who, when you hear them talk about the rosary, when you hear them teach about the rosary, it's sort of like magic. It's sort of like, look, I'll just make sure you pray rosary and pray rosary every day, and it works. It just works. And, you know, one of those people that, when you hear them talk about the rosary, might sound like that is this guy named Tom Curran. <laughs> I. You know, do I like the Rosary? Yeah, do I love the Rosary? yeah i I mean, I started a a whole channel on the internet called Rosary Live back in two thousand and nine, and the first thing that I did through live streaming was streaming a live praying of the Rosary and then got that onto Facebook and so, yeah, I'm pretty committed to the to the, to the rosary as a, as a way of expressing my love for the Lord, my love for the blessed Trinity and my love for the gift of the blessed mother and for my love of the blessed mother and of honoring what I believe, uh, the Lord has revealed to us through the church, through the apparitions of, uh, of our blessed mother to different saints and, and at Fatima. And so I'm all in, I'm all in on that idea that the Lord can associate and does or has associated certain promises, certain blessings that accompany uh, this devotion. At the same time, it's not magic. It's not just a matter of, well, anybody who picks up the beads and says these words has a guaranteed outcome. And if you've ever, as a family attempted to pray a rosary together, you know what I'm talking about. I, I don't think I'm shocking and offending, at least I hope I'm not, shocking and offending folks by saying that it can be quite a common experience to pray a rosary as a family, and the kids are reluctant, they're resistant, they complain, and they uh, get distracted, and they, uh, you know, misbehave, um, or if even if they're they're staying in alignment and not misbehaving, their mind is elsewhere they're just floating off and are just distracted and it's like how many Hail Marys did I pray right so what do we do about that and, and this has always been Carrie's challenge to me is like how do we help this devotion be more meaningful? How do we um enter into this devotion, praying the rosary, in a way that will have it mean more and and bear more fruit for our spiritual lives, for our lives of faith in Jesus Christ and in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Can that happen? Yeah. Ought Ought it to happen? Yeah. Well, how do we get there? How do we get beyond, okay, kids, get together, get out your rosaries, let's now pray the mysteries? Okay, do you remember what the five mysteries are? Okay, great. The first joyful mystery, here we go. And then off, you know, and then they say, they're, Our Father, ten Hail Marys, the glory be, the Fatima prayer, the Almight My Jesus, and then you move on and then you do the next mystery. And, you know, is anybody paying attention? Is anybody? Uh, praying authentically in that moment. Well, I'm going to share with you a uh, the biggest solution. I'm going to share two solutions. One is a very simple one, and it's it's a very high ideal. And then the second one is the is the more standard progress in the spiritual life approach to praying the rosary. More meaningfully and fruitfully, uh, I can say the first one quite quickly. It, it comes from uh, Father Tadeusz Dajer. He was the one who wrote the book called "The Gift of Faith," and it's an amazing book. You want to be challenged so deeply. He was a Jew, a Jew, a Polish priest who was deeply influenced by Saint John Paul II. You can tell by how he writes. But in his book, "The Gift of Faith," it does not. Hold Back or Mince Words. It's an amazing and challenging book, The Gift of Faith. But in another book where he is offering meditations on uh, the Holy Eucharist, he actually talks about prayer as a family. And he describes the challenge of having family members who are distracted, who are uh, not engaging in prayer And the temptation that we face is to correct and to be harsh and to stop praying ourselves and addressing directly and correcting strongly the one who's not praying, which (laughs) I've been there and done that and saw that it really does very little to... Uh, foster uh, an authentic spirit of prayer. The joke was that I would threaten the kids by saying, all right, you just did a lousy job with that rosary. Because of that, we have to do another one. And then they're like, dad, you do realize you just said that our punishment for not praying the rosary well is praying a rosary. So the rosary, praying the rosary is a punishment. (laughs) Even though that's not what I meant, it's what they received. Uh, So Father Tadeusz Dajer, he said that like the first most profound, like this is that high ideal that I mentioned, the high ideal way of, of helping to draw your family deeper into prayer in family prayer is by yourself going deeper into prayer and being more authentic and profoundly given over to prayer. And his insight is that your prayer will be like a gravitational center, I don't want to use the word black hole, but if you think of the idea of the gravitate, the gravitational pull, the magnetic pull uh, that you will have on their hearts and minds, on their spirit, they will be drawn into prayer as you yourself go more deeply into prayer. And so that you know that is a that's sort of the, the marathon approach, right? You've got to slowly, gradually improve as a runner and build up your endurance and your capacity to be able to eventually get to that place where you can run a marathon. It's kind of like that when when you're praying and you realize that there are a bunch of distracted, non, non-attention-paying non kids around you in The first challenge is, okay, I've got to go deeper into prayer myself. My magnetic pull on their lives into my prayer just isn't that great. And boy, that can be a bit of a mirror, right? Shining on our lives to say, ah, yeah, I get distracted too. I get diverted off into other thoughts and I easily lose track of things. And thank God I have the beads in my hand, or otherwise I would lose track of the fact that I'm, I'm now at 10 and I go to the Glory Bee. So it can be very convicting when we look around and say, the spirit that is present in the room of my family as we pray a rosary is somewhat a mirror of how I'm praying my own self. Their prayer and prayerfulness is in a certain sense a manifestation to me of the depth, of the integrity, of the genuineness, of the quality of my own prayer life. Um, so, so that's a first answer. It, it's not an easy answer, but go deeper yourself. Okay, uh, I want to spend the rest of the program helping you go deeper into the rosary and help your family go deeper into the rosary in accord with our tradition. The traditional way that the church proposes that we would pray a rosary more profoundly and get more spiritual benefit from it is by elevating the focus off of the actual praying of the words of the prayers of the rosary and engaging something higher than the five senses. The five senses... Can be engaged by, for instance, you uh, like Carrie loves to do this. You can engage the five senses and enhance how you pray the Rosary by praying in a uh, a space that's set apart for prayer. And so Carrie loves to sort of dim the lights and and light a candle. Well, here we are going into Advent. You can start lighting a candle and making that a point of focus. Okay, so there are your eyes. We also have a little thurible, and we got some incense at our good local Catholic bookstore and gift shop. And so we have a thurible. That's the incense holder. And so we can light some incense. And so now you have the engagement of the sense of smell. And so, oh, that that's a churchy smell. Oh, and there's the smoke rising and there's another sight that I have. I can be kneeling. And so my sense of touch, I can be now focused on the fact that my body is in a position that requires me to focus, right? And so Okay so there's a way for me to engage my senses a bit more but then I'm also going to be focused on the listening to the words of the prayer and so how I speak those words how I speak them is with a sense of devotion with a sense of attention to each of the words right so that's the that's the first level and so the first level of prayer when we're teaching our kids to pray the rosary first thing you got to get down is, well, what's the mysteries? What are the prayers? What are the order they're in? And how do you do it? And so you also are touching beads. You can look at beads, beads that might have holy metals or made of a certain um, quality. Um, You also can have images that you can look at, right? So all of these ways of engaging the senses are going to be that first way the most natural way that we will help our families to pray the rosary and 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 you know you can always get a little bit more creative and you can get a little more engaged and you can, and you can do things around that but if that's as far as we go in the rosary we, we've only just begun we've left behind we I mean we've yet to explore the deeper dimension of praying the rosary we'll talk about that in a minute Hey, welcome back to the program. This is Tom Curran. It's great to be with you. So I've got a gift for you, and the gift I'm giving is, hopefully on this Faith and Family Friday, the gift of helping you and your family pray a rosary more fruitfully, especially when it's time to get beyond the first stage. That first stage in prayer, which is called the purgative stage, is where we get our senses to die to things that are sinful or that are merely of this world, but then to have our senses be purified and brought into alignment so that they will help bring us into our relationship with God. They help connect us to our sense of who God is and how we communicate to God and hear from God. And so that first level is often the level that we stay at. And if we just stay there, then you know what's going to happen. Kids' minds will wander. They'll get distracted. They'll lie around, lounge around. They will, all of a sudden, like all of those other uses of the senses, just don't get it anymore. They're just not sufficient anymore. And you know what? They're meant to go deeper. And the deeper use has to do with the higher capabilities, the higher what are called faculties that we have as human beings. And so. The the faculties that are part of our soul, part of our soul, are things like our ability to reason or think. That's our intellect, our intellectual capacity to reason or think about something. But when we reason and think about something, it's in the context of faith and the rosary, it's not just about concepts, there are certain themes and concepts we reflect on, but we're also talking about holy events, holy events in the life of Jesus, most, most often, and also of the Blessed Mother. And those holy events, we're accessing not only our intellect, but also our memory and our imagination, now, we're accessing our memory because when we are taught about the different mysteries, we're not just reading about abstract ideas, we're reading certain accounts from the scripture. So we're remembering back to these moments where we learned about these mysteries or we saw pictures of the mysteries or we visited churches that uh, were dedicated to one or other of these mysteries and we saw stained glass windows or statues or paintings or icons, right? So we're, we're tapping into our memory of all of these mysteries of our faith in the rosary, as well as our memory of having been taught about these mysteries. And then in addition to that, we are going to have the ability to imagine. And now our imagination is going to draw from, guess what? Our memory and our intellect. So our imagination is going to be taking some of the ideas that we've pondered some of the themes that are associated with the mysteries and that we've learned and the memory we have of all of those other things that we've discussed. And it's going to, our imagination will begin to construct a picture in our mind, which we can make very vibrant when we exercise that muscle of our imagination and we begin to ponder and think about and ponder and enter into the as- different aspects of that, that event. I say call it a mystery. It's, a mystery is an event in the life of Christ that is expressing something greater than our mind can contain. Jesus, in living his life, manifested who he was and what he was about, what his mission was, in various Events in a very particular way, those are the ones that are highlighted in the different mysteries of the rosary, and so we get to ponder these holy events that the church is referring to in these devotions as mysteries these different mysteries of faith. And so, in these holy events, we ponder and think about them, and by doing that, we can then also, here we are now, using our memory and our intellect in our imagination, we're now going to begin to see how those capabilities we have are going to connect that event to our lives, to my life. And so the gift of the rosary is that it will give us a concrete opportunity, specific opportunity, to associate an event in the life of Christ or of the Blessed Mother, to our lives, to connect it to my life. And in doing that, all of a sudden, there's something much more powerful, relevant, meaningful, dramatic, when we can draw those associations, or, now listen, or God begins to prompt to enlighten us about those associations, those connections. And so I don't want that capability, that this idea of, oh, all you have to do is, here's the word that's describing what I just spent this time uh, discussing. It's called meditation. A Catholic understanding of meditation, in its rich, full sense, contains, uh, at least in its active form, okay. I, I don't want to get too run down too many rabbit holes here, but when you think about uh, a principal meaning of meditation in our Catholic tradition, it involves using those capabilities of our mind. Okay, so remember what we've been talking about up to now? The senses, right? Sight, smell, touch, taste. Uh, seeing, in hearing, right? And uh, apart from taste, you're using those other senses in that early stage of the rosary. But to go deeper into the rosary, if you want your kids to be able to bear more fruit in their spiritual lives by praying the rosary, and you yourself want to get more fruit out of praying the rosary, you can't stop at praying the rosary with devotion, holding a rosary, praying it on your knees, saying words, looking at a picture, and saying those words with devotion. That's not the end. That's not where God wants you to end in your journey of praying with the rosary. And it's certainly not going to be sufficient to keep the kids in your lives' attention as they get older that somehow the rosary, it had these sort of hidden treasures associated with it, and we didn't bring them into it. We didn't teach them about it. And so I'm giving you this gift today to say, help your kids to go deeper into the rosary, the praying of the rosary, by setting them up for success, by helping giving their minds something to chew on, their imagination something to work with, their memory something to recall as they're praying the rosary with you today. So, well, what are they going to be remembering? What are they going to be thinking about? I'm not going to leave it up to you to figure this out. I'm going to walk through as many of the 20 mysteries as I can and the time that remains and give you some living examples of doing what I just told you about, doing what I just discussed. Okay. So let's dive right in. And I think you'll, you'll see what I mean. So We'll start with the joyful mysteries, right? The the traditional flow of the mysteries were joyful, sorrowful, glorious, and then with the luminous in there, the luminous fit most appropriately after the joyful and before the the um, the sorrowful. So we'll talk about the joyful, the luminous, the sorrowful, and the glorious. And I know what you're saying, Tom. You're never going to get through all twenty. You're absolutely right. But let's see how many we can get through. So, the first joyful mystery is the Annunciation. And so, what we do with our kids is we'll do what's called a Talk About It Rosary, and instead of praying in Our Father Ten Hail Mary's glory be and in O My Jesus, we will talk about the event. What is the event that's being described here? And that event is, oh, it's the archangel. Who is that? It's Gabriel. Where's that found? It's in Luke chapter one. What's happening here? Oh, it's the blessed mother. And she's approached by the archangel Gabriel, sent by God specifically to Nazareth, so that the blessed mother is going to be addressed by the angel. And the, blessed, uh, the, angel, uh, the archangel Gabriel says, you know, hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. And she's uh, upset, doesn't understand what this means. Don't, don't be afraid, Mary. You found favor with God. And on, on the story goes. And then uh, you're going to be the mother of the Messiah, the Son of God. And she says, let it be done to me according to your word. And with that, the angel left. And, and she was con- she conceived by the Holy Spirit. So that mystery, the Annunciation, right? We say it, right? We say it, but then what are we doing during the Our Father, 10 Hail Marys and Glory Be and Oh My Jesus. We want our kids to be thinking about, picture in your mind, kids, what was it like for a young teenage woman, a young teenage girl, probably about 14 years old. I've got a 14-year-old upstairs and an archangel, an angel, a messenger from God, specially chosen. And, And this is where we start making it personal. It's not only knowing what the event is, which is the basis of things, but having some images in your mind of what that what that encounter was like. So they have something to feed on, their memory can feed on it, their imagination can be thinking about it, and it's not just like a concept, oh, an angel met Mary. So what we did, what we did was we found holy images, holy works of art of the Annunciation. And we also found a set of holy images of the rosary. And we would hold the image up and let our kids look at that image. Sometimes I would actually print them out and I would pass them around and and I would say to the kids, "What do you notice about this mystery?" What do you know I'm saying what do you notice about this depiction of the annunciation and they would look at the picture and they would start noticing things like where oh that's God the father and there's there's the holy spirit and over here is oh what Mary's got a prayer book in her hands and what's that all about and why is there a cat sleeping on the floor and what does that mean and and basically it was feeding their mind and their memory and their imagination. It's feeding all of that through this depiction so that when it comes time for them to think about the Annunciation, they would have that holy image in their mind. But it wasn't just that. It was also, well, what does that have to do with us? And there you can move off into many directions. Everything from, well, we see in this mystery, in this holy event, that Mary, the Blessed Mother, she was created by God and planted in that moment in history because God had a definite purpose and plan for her life. What about you? Do you realize that you too have been planted by God to be sitting where you are? to have that gift of faith that you've been given, to have that gift of prayer like the Blessed Mother, you have that gift in your life because there's a purpose and plan for you. Well then, what did the Blessed Mother do in order to receive her call from God? She did nothing other than pray. Oh, prayer is what clears away blockages and readies us to receive God's message. God's message came from God's messenger. Angel means messenger. Do you realize that in your prayer, and maybe in tonight's praying of the rosary, the Lord is going to communicate his message to you, communicate to you in a way that will reveal to you who you are, and why you were created, what God's mission is for your life. All of a sudden, it's like, what? That might happen in this rosary? Well, yeah, and, and maybe it's not God is going to reveal the totality of God's mission for your life tonight and praying this first joyful mystery, but that you're going to grow in your awareness and the vibrancy of your belief that God does know you, planted you here, has a purpose for your life, and sends you angels to help you realize that he loves you and is calling you to fulfill a mission. Well, let's go further. Wait a minute. What did the Blessed Mother say? She said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, let it be done to me according to thy word. There is a model response, a perfect response to the call of God. And so when you are in prayer and the Lord approaches you and speaks to you, what would be an ideal response that comes from you? Recognize that you too are a handmaid of the Lord you're a servant of the Lord and what he's asking of you is to say yes is to trust is to say I'm open to what you have for me and then the last one is to say you know what maybe you are going to be that messenger God sent an angel maybe you're going to be an angel for somebody and you can pray for that too Wow, that's praying the first joyful mystery. Hey, this is Dr. Tom Carran, the host of Sound Insight, but also a realtor serving wonderful folks like you in the state of Washington and in Idaho. I've had the privilege and pleasure of helping dozens of families in the last two and a half years discern and find a, a strategy, a path, and a plan to help their families find a whole new life in eastern Washington and northern Idaho. If I could be of service to you in that, I would love to. Please reach out, drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. All right, welcome back to the program. This is Dr. Tom Curran, and it's a joy to be with you. So, Joyful Mysteries. So you see what I just did there? I just, coming back from the break here, I just gave you a way of talking about the first joyful mystery. So when you're praying the first joyful mystery, is any of that happening in your mind? Can anything like that happen in the mind and heart and soul and spirit of your kids? Yes, it can. And it's up to us to to do some spiritual exercising, some spiritual exercising with our kids regarding how to pray the rosary in a way that is, well, honestly, it's more advanced. It's more elevated. It's a higher stage because it's not just relying on our senses, but it's also any senses that are being used are helping to connect to and engage, and, 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 and stir, uh, and invigorate our intellect, our memory, our imagination, right? Did you see this? And, oh, by the way, once all of that happens, once we have that invigorated sense, watch what God will do. In that stage in prayer, when we are utilizing our higher Powers, the higher powers of our mind, the the higher faculties of of what it means to be a human being. The Lord gives a gift of illumination, the gift of enlightenment. The Lord gives a grace of light. He brings light to our minds. So when we make that effort, right? We're putting in that effort. It takes some real effort, and and really. This is, this is an effort that most of us, honestly, just are not that comfortable with. It's not something that we spend a lot of time doing because of the portal of pollution known as the smartphone and the associated portals of pollution known as smart TVs, laptops, computers, gaming, handheld devices, iPads, you know, laptops, all that stuff, all those connected devices are they engaging us in a way that's asking us to use our imagination? No. It's in providing intense images to us. It's feeding them. It's, frankly, relying on the senses. It's keeping us bound up at the level of our senses. No wonder we're not that good at pondering in silence, reflecting in silence, connecting in our mi- in silence our minds our ability to think and to imagine and to remember and, and to have those all wrapped together in a unified way and ponder a holy event in the life of Jesus what a great sadness it's going to take some real effort but when we make that effort there's a light that comes from god god will enlighten our minds as we pray and then there is the engagement of that other part of our hearts, our will, our will, where we are called upon to will something, to make a decision to do something. And so that, once again, raises the bar regarding what's at stake in prayer, what might happen in prayer, what might be asked of me in prayer. That if I'm going to engage in praying the rosary in this higher way, I not only am going to be using these faculties and this light will come, but now I'm going to be asked to make a decision to do something where the Lord is going to ask of me, trust me, say yes to me, give yourself to me, be like the Blessed Mother. The Blessed Mother, you might get a prompting that says, the Blessed Mother is encouraging you to say, imitate me and my yes to Jesus. Right? That can happen in prayer. Wow! All of a sudden, now prayer is like, it can involve the saints of heaven, the angels, your guardian angel, God Himself engaging with you. You might have a sense of presence, the presence of God, the presence of Jesus, the stirring of the Holy Spirit, the beckoning voice of the Father Come, come away with me, come follow me. All of this can happen as you're praying a mystery. The first joyful mystery. Now, did I exhaust the meaning of the first joyful mystery? Absolutely not, but i am run out of time on that one. Let's move on to the second mystery, the visitation. Okay, so the visitation, and again, you can see how it's going to take a little bit of study because you need to know, well, what was that holy event of the visitation? Oh, the Blessed Mother, when she finds out that, um, uh, when she uh, finds out from the angel, the archangel Gabriel, it's not only she who is now conceived in her womb but her cousin elizabeth has as well and so do the same thing what did we do we got holy images holy paintings of the visitation and we found one or other that was rich in its symbolism and it would typically traditional pictures of the visitation didn't just involve elizabeth and and the blessed mother and mary some do but typically more typically the visitation involved Elizabeth with her husband Zechariah and the blessed mother with her husband Joseph and so you have four characters that are part of this holy event and so in this holy event of the visitation well who's visiting well it's Mary visiting Elizabeth well actually let's ponder that what what occurs in the visitation. The Blessed Mother shows up, and Elizabeth cries out, How is it that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And she says that the moment that she heard the greeting of Mary, that John the Baptist, the baby in her womb, leapt, moved by the Holy Spirit, in acknowledgment of the Lord present in the Blessed Mother. And notice Elizabeth says, how is it that the mother of my Lord, she already is making a profession of faith that when the Blessed Mother shows up, she's bearing Jesus. When the Blessed Mother shows up, she's carrying Jesus. When the Blessed Mother shows up, it is indicating that one even more important than the Blessed Mother has appeared, and that's not Joseph. It's Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah, the Lord, is showing up. All right. So we could continue to ponder different dimensions of this, looking at the story of Zechariah and his response to Archangel Gabriel in the temple. All of this, so many dimensions, but let's just focus on applying it to our lives. Hey, kiddos... Hey, me, hey, spouse, um, what are we doing when we pray this mystery of visitation? Well, wait a minute. Visitation has something to do with the initiative that the Blessed Mother, oh, and St. Joseph, are going to come knocking on your door. And when you do some act to welcome Mary into your house, there's going to be the presence of Jesus that becomes manifest and might stir in your spirit. Well, what is that? Anybody see? Come on, you see it. You see it. You know what I'm going to say. What's a way that you're welcoming the Blessed Mother into your home, very concretely and specifically, when you're praying the rosary? Well, it's by praying the rosary. <laughs> it's a prayer that is dedicated to the Blessed Mother. It addresses the Blessed Mother Right? 50, 53 times you know in, in the course of the five mysteries, Hail Mary, you say it 53 times when you pray a rosary. And so uh, you're, you're addressing the Blessed Mother, you say, uh, you pray the Rosary, you're getting visited by the Blessed Mother. And, and, and Saint Joseph, you ask Saint Joseph, come, may this Rosary, may this holy event of the second a joyful mystery, Be for us tonight a moment of visitation. Wow. Oh, wait a minute. Is that what's happening? Is that what's happening when we're praying the second joyful mystery? Is that there's going to be a holy visitation of Jesus coming in a hidden fashion. Hidden in the womb of the Blessed Mother was Jesus hidden in the womb of this rosary hidden in this in this secret place of this rosary is a manifestation of Jesus Hey welcome back to the program. All right, so you see what I'm doing. Hopefully uh, but it's more than just seeing what I'm doing, right? Hopefully there's this sense of, oh, wow, there's more to praying the rosary than I thought. I don't have to just settle for, yep, I made a commitment to pray a rosary every day. And so I got my rosary beads out and I faithfully check the box. I get her done. I completed the task. And so honestly, there are going to be days when that's pretty much what's happening right uh, and so that's praying the Rosary when you're driving right sometimes I end up, oh darn it, I didn't pray my rosary today I'm driving to work out at the gym, and so I know that I'll get an entire Rosary in uh, in my driving to and from the gym that is a rosary uh that's the length of a rosary, so I got it done, but did I really mind the depths of that rosary? No, that was sort of a check the box, keep my commitment form of praying the rosary. And and you know what? That's going to happen sometimes. Should that be the steady diet of what the rosary is like? No, it's it's meant for more than that. Maybe, the, the, maybe there's a season in our lives where uh, that's going to be about what it is, but it's meant for more than that. And it can be more than that. And if we're going to make a commitment as a family in Advent, to pray a rosary every day, then let's take steps to help it become more than that. So once again, with that idea of visitation, you can engage the will. Lord, please, I beg you, in this mystery of the visitation, come and visit us. Please, St. Joseph, Blessed Mother, please intercede for us in this second joyful mystery. Visit us and stir in our hearts the gift of your Holy Spirit so that we would welcome you, Jesus, into our home, into our relationships, into this rosary more fully. And so one thing that you can do besides getting a holy image of the visitation is pray a prayer like that at the beginning of that mystery. Yeah, I know. Guess what? It's a little longer. Right? The rosary is now getting a little bit longer. It's not just 13 minutes long anymore. It's taking a little longer than that because we are, well, we're doing a harder work. We're doing a heavier lift. We're doing a deeper work, which is helping form in our kids the capacity to meditate. And this will help them do that. All right. Third joyful mystery, the birth of Jesus. So in the birth of Jesus you can do the same thing. You can get a picture of the holy event. Hey, it is, by the way, Advent headed towards Christmas. And so that will be probably the easiest one to get holy images of the manger scene. But because it's such a common thing, it's one that might be hard to shake loose. There are so many images. To do a little bit more to shake loose or break loose a, uh, a way of, of making it fresh, you may want to read the scene from the scripture of the time for Jesus to be born is near. They return to Bethlehem because of the census, but there's something deeper going on. It is fulfilling an Old Testament prophecy. And then there's the scene that I love to meditate on, which is they show up at the inn And the innkeeper says, there's no room. But there's a stable in the back and you can use that. And so you can focus on the, wow, he was generous. He gave them a place so that the baby could be born. But on the other hand, he's going to be one of the most embarrassed people at the last judgment. (laughs) You're the guy who said to Joseph and Mary that the son of God had no room to be born in your motel? You're kidding, right? How's that going to (laughs) look? There's no room. Jesus got crowded out of your hotel, crowded out of your home. No room for him, right? How embarrassing for you. And you can really dig into that, right? You can just say, I mean, what would you have done? What would you have done if there was a knock on the door and here you are as an innkeeper, you're busy, you're probably taking care of the folks and their, their need for food and this is making you money and things are great. Now, all of a sudden, here's an unexpected visitor that's just like, okay, this is just trouble. This, not like, not trouble like, um, oh, danger, but trouble like, oh, this is an unexpected burden and, and I just don't get space for it. I, I just, I can't welcome you into this. I'm just too busy about my thing. All right, anybody see where this is going? Anybody see where this is going? Yeah. I I hope so. All of a sudden now during that mystery we can meditate on those places in our lives where we say to Jesus, "Oh, there's a knock on the door of my life. Oh, you want to come more fully into how I'm spending money, how I'm how I'm developing my career plans, how I am uh involved in this relationship?" how I speak to my kids, how I um, spend my uh, life energy as a family. Yeah, Jesus, you know, hey, uh, come on, Jesus. You just can't ask that much from us. I mean, we're busy, and we're doing better than most people. So stop, you know, stop trying to load it on and and put on the guilt here, Lord. I mean, we're doing better than most. (laughs) I don't want to be me at my judgment. All right, We're all... In the position of the innkeeper. Isn't that the insight? Isn't that the insight? We're all like the innkeeper. This is what it means to reflect in a meditative way. On the mystery of the rosary. On that holy event. You do that. While you're there. Praying with the beads. You see now. Saying the prayers. In a repetitive fashion. Is meant just to provide uh, this rhythm. This rhythm that says, I don't have to be thinking about the things going on around me. This rhythm is just helping me to be able to put my focus more on what's going on in my mind and those higher faculties. You see, that's how we can not only pray the rosary ourselves, but teach our kids to pray the rosary. And so, not just the innkeeper, but also, wait a minute, what's the insight here? Where is Jesus actually born? He's born in a smelly, dirty, broken space. Right? A space that's cold, damp, dark, uh, out of the way, it's, it's impoverished, there's, there's nothing of splendor, there's nothing of, um, it's fitting, none of that. Well... Gee, let's ponder that some more and say, when's Jesus? How's Jesus? Where's Jesus? Most likely going to be born in my life, in my family's life, in my relationship with my wife. Oh, he's most likely going to be born in those places in our lives that are impoverished, that are broken, dark, smelly, stinky, and those places that, guess what, need a Savior and need a Lord. And so let's not be surprised. Let's not be surprised that, in fact, Jesus knows all about those broken, stinky, smelly, hidden, dark places in our lives that are really not suitable for him. And that makes us realize, well, well, I'm not really suitable for you. But that's not why he comes. He doesn't come because we've created a suitable place. He comes because he loves us and he wants to make of us something glorious. And so he will adorn even that most broken, smelly, dark space. He'll adorn it with his own divinity. Not because we deserve it, but because he is love. But because he is so mighty and majestic. And so, again, you can keep this reflection going, right? You could reflect on what's it like to be the wise men and offering your gifts. What is it like to, you know, to seek after him in those places in our lives? Heck, you can even be like the drummer boy. Just say, you know, I want to play my best for him. I want to come and honor him. As well as the characters of the shepherds, hearing the angelic hymn and being drawn to that place, right? There's so much we can do with that. So much. You see, this is praying the rosary at a different, next level. This is next level stuff. And I'm actually out of time here to go any further, but uh, what did I do? I, I scratched the surface, is all I've done, of the first three joyful mysteries of the rosary. But hopefully in doing that, what I've done is I've drawn attention to the fact that it's not an, as, as beautiful and amazing as it is that you commit to pray a rosary every day. As beautiful and as amazing as it is, and even in spectacular and heroic as it is, that you would be praying a rosary with your family every day. That's not going to be enough. To have the power and the fruitfulness and the blessings that the Lord intends to bring into your life and your family's life through the rosary, not sufficient. It's going to take engagement, engagement at another level of our minds and our hearts if we're going to truly yield new light, new benefit, new blessing that our kids will be able to take with them into their lives as they get older. God bless you today. Have a great weekend. Join me on Monday for more Sun Insight.